All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. Once you've found your place, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, have a word of prayer, and then bring the message God has laid upon our heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from, from the wrath to come. Our Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We ask you to bless now the reading of thy word, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach a few moments this, this, uh, this evening on this subject, on the testimony of a good church, the testimony of a good church. Now, just a little background of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, here we look at this book and we think about uh, the Apostle Paul, of course, being the writer, and he's writing to the people of Thessalonica. And when you think about the background of this, Paul, in Acts chapter number 17, the Bible gives an account where Paul and Silas was uh, preaching, and we know that there was uh, Gentiles that was converted uh, there at Thessalonica, and they received the Word of God and were saved. There were some Jews that were saved, but primarily it was Thessalonian Gentiles that were saved. And so uh, Paul is experiencing a great revival. God is doing great things there. But uh, there were some unbelieving Jews that uh, caused a riot and it caused Paul to have to leave Thessalonica. He went 40 miles to Berea and there Paul began preaching and God began blessing and he began moving. And uh, from there, those Jews that were in Thessalonica that caused that same uproar go follows Paul to Berea and causes problems there. And so Paul is, uh, then he leaves to go to Athens and from Athens to Corinth. But when he leaves to go to Athens, he leaves Silas and Timothy to go back and to help those believers that were in Thessalonica. And as Paul does that, uh, he goes on to Athens and uh, once again meets up with Silas and Timothy and then sends Timothy uh, to Athens or back to Thessalonica once again. And uh, finally Timothy comes to Corinth and gives the report to the Apostle Paul. And so Paul gets the report uh, concerning the testimony of these Thessalonians and uh, concerning the church there. And so Paul uh, is, is encouraged by that and Paul uh, writes back to them. And that's the background of 
uh, of this of this uh, epistle here. And then there's these believers that uh, even though that these believers were uh, born in a time when the church was going through a great uh, rejection and persecution and tribulation, they were refreshing to the apostle Paul, and uh, they were encouraging, and they was a blessing to Paul. And so Paul is writing in chapter number one, and he's talking about the testimony of this young church. He's talking about what a good testimony that this church has. You know, and we see that in the early verses here. If you'll notice with me in verse number one, I see Paul is reaching out to this church. As he said, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in reaching out to them, uh, Paul does not fail to mention in verse number one his companions as he talks about Silas and Timothy. He mentions his converts. He talks about the church of Thessalonians. He mentions the Creator, God our Father, and the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and his compliments as he says, Grace uh, be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is reaching out to this church. And, and notice in verse number one that Paul uses the word grace and then he uses the word peace. Uh, the word grace is a word that the Gentiles were familiar with and the word peace is a word that the Jews, shalom, uh, were familiar with. And so Paul uses grace and peace uh, to unify these believers and to bring them together. So we see Paul reaching out to the church. And then in verse number two, we see that Paul is rejoicing over the church. And notice he says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. So Paul is rejoicing uh, over the testimony of this church here. And notice that in his rejoicing that his rejoicing was collective. Paul said here, we give thanks. Who's that we? He's talking about himself. He's talking about Silas and he's talking about Timothy. That they were rejoicing amongst each other over the testimony of this church. So Paul is rejoicing collectively and then he's rejoicing uh, consistently. Notice he said, we give thanks to God always for you all. So this is not something that Paul is just doing now and then, but Paul and Silas and Timothy, uh, they're continually thanking God uh, for the testimony of this church. He is rejoicing over this church collectively and consistently and then comforting. Notice he says here, making mention of you in our prayers. No doubt this encouraged these these people of Thessalonica to know that, that these three great patriarchs were praying for them and that they were praising God for them. So Paul is reaching out to the church in verse number one. Uh, Paul is rejoicing uh, over the church in verse number two. And then Paul is remembering the church in verse number three. He says here, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. So Paul is remembering their faith as he talks about a work of faith. He's remembering their fervency as he talks about a labor of love. And he's remembering their focus uh, as he talks about their patience of hope. Now you'll see that uh, these three things that Paul mentions in verse number 3, they can very easily be tied into verse number 9 where Paul uh, compliments them and says that they have turned turned to God from idols uh, uh, to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven. So uh, that work of faith is that they have turned from God uh, or turned to God from idols. And then that labor of love is that uh, to serve the living and true
true God. And then that patience of hope in verse 10 is to wait for his son uh, from heaven. And so when we think about this, Paul is reaching out to this church. Paul is rejoicing over this church. And then Paul is remembering this church. Why? All because this church has a good testimony. Amen? And when you think about this, what kind of testimony does this church have? For Paul to make such a... Uh, such a, a fuss in this first chapter for Paul to, to just praise them so much. What kind of testimony did this church have? Because I don't know about you, but the testimony this church had is a testimony that I want our church to have and I want every other church to have that stands for the truth and preaches the gospel. You say, what kind of testimony was it? Well, I want to say, first of all, this was an energetic church. Amen? When you look at, at, these, uh, when you look at these first three verses, you see that this this was a church that was energized. I mean, uh, they were energized because of the preachers uh, that was amongst them, Paul and Silas and Timothy. Uh, these are some very energetic preachers. These are preachers that are true men of God, filled with the power of God. And if a church is going to have the power of God, then the men of God that stand in the pulpit and proclaim the Word of God, they're going to have to be men of power also. This church was energetic because of the prayers. These men were praying for this church as we just mentioned. Paul said, we give thanks to God always for you. Remembering in verse 3, without ceasing, uh, Paul and Silas and Timothy was praying for the church. And you know, we need pastors and we need preachers that, that will get on their knees and will pray for their local assembly, that will pray for, for, for their church. And maybe there's a pastor that is listening right now and you may say, well, I want my church to go forward and I want my church to, to, to do more. Then you're going to have to learn to pray for your church. And maybe you do pray for your church. I, I don't know, but I want to encourage you. If a church is going to have power, then it's going to require the man of God to have power, and he's going to have to be a man of prayer. Amen? And so this was an energetic church because, uh, uh, because of the preachers, because of the prayers, and then because of the people. Amen? You see, they had a work of faith. They had a labor of love. And they had a patience of hope. Uh, this is a church that, uh, that, that revealed their service, and it revealed their steadfastness. Uh, uh, they was a church that was looking for Jesus to come. And so these were people that was enthused and, and energetic and, and they was expecting God to do something amongst them and they was expecting Him to come. And can I tell you, if a church is, is going to have a good testimony, it's going to take the right kind of preacher, it's going to take the right kind of people, and it's going to take the right kind of praying in order for that church to, to be energetic. And so this was an energetic church and that's why it had a good testimony. Amen? Secondly, I want you to see, not only was it an energetic church, but notice that it, this was an educated church. Look at verse number 4. The first word, the Bible says, knowing, brethren... Beloved, your election of God, knowing. That's what Paul said in verse number 4. He said in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. You see, this is a church that was educated. Though they were young, they were educated. They knew some things. They, they knew about His sovereignty. According to verse number 4, the Bible said, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your 
election of God. They knew about His salvation for our gospel. He said in verse number 5, they knew about the Scriptures. He said that they came not unto you in word only, but also in power. They knew about His strength. Amen. They knew the difference between man's word and the word of God. They knew about the Spirit of God, the power. He said in verse number 5, and in the Holy Ghost. And they knew about His Spirit. They knew about His strength. They knew about His Scriptures. They knew about His security. As He said in verse number 5, and in much assurance. Amen. Here's a church that knew some things. They were an educated church. And they knew about His servants. As Paul said, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. You know, if a church is going to have a good testimony, it's going to have to be educated. Amen. God doesn't bless ignorance. I know that He made to some degree, but when we have the opportunity to learn more about His Word and more about His will and about the things of God, we ought to take that opportunity. I think Sunday school is an important thing. And, and having church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, it's an important thing because we learn the Word of God. I love to come to church and rejoice and shout and, and praise God. And I know that you do too. But if all church was was just shouting and there was no substance to that shouting, then our shouting would be shallow. I do not think that shouting is shallow. I like uh, the atmosphere where people praise God and, and they go to meeting. And I do not have the, uh, the mindset that the deeper you go, the drier you get. In fact, I think the deeper you go, the more excited you ought to get. And these uh, believers were excited, but their shouting was not shallow because it had substance. They had been educated. Paul had taught them and Silas and, and Timothy was teaching them. And friend, listen, a church that has a good testimony, you can have the worship and you can have the Word. You can have both of them and we ought to have both of them. Isn't that right? And so when we think about that, uh, we see that this was an energetic church. This was an educated church. That is why this church had such a good testimony. And then this was an extraordinary church in verse number 6 and 7. You say, why? I want to say it was extraordinary because it had some extraordinary followers. Look at what the Bible says In verse number 6, the Bible says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord. They were following the leadership and they were following the Lord. You say, well, preacher, uh, we're not supposed to follow man. Well, according to this verse, we're to follow man as long as he follows God. And Paul was following the Lord. Silas was following the Lord. Timothy was following the Lord. And they were following them because they knew that they were following the Lord. And so they was an extraordinary church uh, because they had extraordinary followers. Amen? That word follow, uh, follower simply means, it actually means imitator or type. And you know, that's what we're supposed to to do. We're to get into a good local fundamental Bible believing church get under the word of God and we're to get behind the pastor and under the pastor and we're to follow his leadership we're to follow the direction that God uh, leads him and the deacons as, as they follow the Lord and so it was an extraordinary church because they had extraordinary followers they had extraordinary faith. Look at verse number 6 again. The Bible says having received the word in much affliction. They had received the Word of God. You know, that takes faith to receive the Word of God. Romans uh, chapter 10 and verse 17. So, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you want to be an extraordinary follower, you have to have extraordinary faith. 
Uh, you have to take God's Word at face value. And so that's what they were doing. They, they were following the Word of God. They had extraordinary followers, extraordinary faith, extraordinary fervency. The Bible said that they followed in much affliction. The affliction could not hold them back. They were going on. They were following God regardless of, of what was taking place. And the Bible said with joy of the Holy Ghost. You know, they weren't just following Christ. They weren't just following Paul and Silas and Timothy, but they were doing it with joy. They were in spite of the afflictions and the persecution. You know, so many times in church, I, uh, I get around folks, and I'm sure you can testify the same. And, and sometimes, uh, though people may be saved, there's not a lot of joy in them serving the Lord. It's very easy to hear complaining in church. It's very easy to hear people grumble in church or maybe sometimes people have bad spirits in, in church. But we ought to be happy people. We ought to be a joyful people. We ought to come to church and be excited. And, and church ought to be one place that you can come to and, and not meet a bunch of negative Nellies and, and not, meet a, uh, not, not meet a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, sour Sams. And, and you, know, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. We ought to be able to come to church and, and be around some people that are excited and happy and have a positive attitude and a positive outlook look on life because that, that we're looking at life through the lenses of the Word of God. And that's this, that was the testimony of this church. They, they were an extraordinary church. They was an educated church. Uh, they, uh, we see that they was an energetic church. But then I want you to notice in verse number 8 that they was an evangelistic church. Amen. Uh, this church, uh, in verse number 7 and verse number 8, the Bible says so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Now when you think about this church, and you think about the testimony of this church, this was an evangelistic church. Uh, the Bible said that they were strong in their evangelism. The Word of God said that, that they sounded out the Word of the Lord not only in Macedonia, but in Achaia. I mean, that word sounded out, it means to sound out as a trumpet. And that's what this, this church was doing. They, they were sounding out their, the, the Word of God very strongly. They were strong in their evangelism. They were strategic in their evangelism. Notice the Bible said that uh, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Uh, they were very strategic, very specific in their evangelism. That means they were targeting areas. They were going places and, and they were preaching the gospel uh, specifically and strategically. And you know, I think so when and ought to be that way. There ought to be a plan. There ought to be a program. Uh, you say, preacher, are you, uh, not, aren't you against programs? Well, I'm against the programs that God is against, but I'm for the programs that God is for. And God is for the program of soul winning. God is for the program of door knocking and evangelism. And, and, and that's what we're here for. That should be our goal. That should be what we strive for is to preach the gospel and not just behind the pulpits uh, in our churches, but we ought to go out in the highways and the hedges and, and compare people, pass out tracts, knock on doors, have an organized visitation program. And that's what this church was doing. They were going after people. And so that we see it was an evangelistic church. Every church that is preaching the gospel, knocking on doors, and every church that is going after souls, they'll have a good testimony. But those churches that are not reaching men and women with the gospel, they may have a shout. But if they don't have a burden, 
then they've missed their mark. They've lost their focus. They've missed their goal. And so we see here that this was an evangelistic church. They were successful in their evangelism as well as specific and and strategic and and strong. They were successful. Paul said that uh, they they, they sounded out the word of God in verse 8, in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. I mean, here's a church that's getting the job done when it comes to evangelism. Here's a church that doesn't need the Apostle Paul. They don't need uh, T- uh, Timothy. They don't need uh, Silas to go out and do their evangelism. In other words, they don't have to call a flaming evangelist or, or some local pastor to come in and do their work and thank God for evangelists. But the responsibility of getting the gospel out in the community has always uh, been upon the local church, those believers. And so if we're going to get the gospel out, we must go. And that's what this church was doing. They had a good testimony because they were an energetic church and, and they were uh, an educated church. They was an extraordinary church and they were an evangelistic church. But I want you to see also this church had a good testimony because this was an expectant church. They was looking for Jesus to come. They was expecting the return of Christ. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now when you think about this church, this was a church in verse number 9. There was an expectant church. This was a church in verse number 9 that had results. The Bible says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. Here's a church that had results. You could see what God was doing. Paul said, uh, We see what God is doing amongst you and that, uh, that the report that he has received has been good. There was results that God was working in this church and they had a good testimony. Uh, Paul says here that this was a church that not only had results, but they had repentance. They had turned to God from idols. And that's what repentance is. It is a turning from and a turning to. This was a church that had removed, they had taken the idols away from their, uh, out of their life. You know, if we're going to have a good testimony, we're going to have to remove some things out of our lives and out of our church. That's the day that we're living in. A lot of churches want to, uh, to give the image that you, can, that you can have a good testimony. You don't have to remove anything. But we see here clearly that this church that had a good testimony, they had turned to God from idols. This was a church that had results, repentance. They had removed. They had reality. They were serving the living and true God. You know, that's the reality is when we serve the living and true God. And that's what this church was doing. I'm glad the God that we sing about, the God we preach about, the God that we worship, the God that we serve, I'm glad He's living and He's true. That's the reality. And I think sometimes we have to take a step back in our church and ask ourselves, why do we do what we do? Why do we sing in the choir? Why do we go to Sunday school? Why do we preach? Why do we have visitation? What is all this about? It's about serving the living and true God. And this was an expected church. And, and we find that this was a church that was ready. For that word, wait, in verse number, in verse number 10, it means to wait uh, on someone with patience and confidence, expecting that they will with the full assurance that they will come. And this church was an expectant church. That was their testimony. Uh, they were waiting, just like in every uh, chapter in this, in this epistle. Verse number 10 closes with the, second, or with the rapture of the church, talking about Jesus coming again. 
And we see that in verse number 10. They were expecting that. And I want to say that when we expect that, it'll cause us to turn from from the the idols of this world. It'll cause us to to serve the living and the true God. And so Paul closes this epistle as he praises this church for their good testimony or this, should I say this chapter, not this epistle, but Paul closes this chapter here uh, by talking about the rapture of the church, talking about Jesus coming, the coming of the Son. And we see that all throughout uh, this this epistle, the emphasis is on the coming of Christ. And in chapter 1, he talks about that and he talks about that this is a very saving truth that Jesus is coming again. I want to say just as sure as He was coming uh, for them, He's coming for us. Amen. I know that he ha- His coming has not yet taken place, but how much closer are we today than what this church is? And I want to say to you, it ought to cause us in these last days to have a good testimony. I want the church that I pastor to have a good testimony and I'm sure, I want you, I'm sure that you want the church that you pastor or the church that you attend, you want it to have a good testimony. Can I tell you, my friend, that has everything to do with the preacher, has everything to do with the people, has everything to do with the prayers that are being prayed. And I want to encourage you to be a part of your church means that you can contribute to your church having that good testimony. Here is a church that Paul praises. This is a church that has a good testimony, the testimony of a good church. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you, Father, uh, for this church, the church of Thessalonica, for its good testimony. And help us, uh, our local church, help uh, the, lo- the local church of those that are listening, uh, help, them to have, help us to have a good testimony in our community. And may we strive as members to do our part, as preachers to do our part, to keep the testimony of a good church, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.